This is a monumental moment in nursing history that in the heart of a crisis, uh, nurses are going to be given a platform to really be heard and lead the changes that they want to uh, and that they need to save patients' lives in this crisis. Hello, everyone. I'm Angela Rosa DiDonato. And I'm Marion Leary. And you're listening to Amplify Nursing, a Penn Nursing podcast supported by the Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Amplify Nursing features nurses who are leading the way in science, policy, and innovation. Our guests defy stereotypes, define practice, and disrupt convention. We highlight the breadth and depth of nursing influence on society by amplifying nurses who are pushing boundaries and breaking down barriers to build a new paradigm. On the next special episode of Amplify Nursing, we talk with the three organizational leaders behind the upcoming Nurse Hack for Health COVID-19 virtual hackathon, Molly McCarthy, National Director and Chief Nursing Officer at Microsoft, Linda Benton, Senior Director at Johnson & Johnson, and Rebecca Love, President of SunCL, the Society of Nurse Scientists, Innovators, Entrepreneurs, and Leaders. Together, they're providing nurses an opportunity to virtually work alongside engineers and developers to create new, innovative solutions to the problems they are seeing in the acute care and home care settings during this pandemic. We talk with them about their organization's fierce passion to support our frontline nurses, what a virtual hackathon is and how it works, and why we should all be supporting nurses as leaders in health and healthcare innovation, especially during this public health crisis. So hi, Molly, Linda, and Rebecca. Thank you so much for coming to speak with us today. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. So Molly, why don't you start and talk to us a little bit about your position at Microsoft and why you are so interested in in promoting nursing. Sure, thank you. Um, So my role at Microsoft is I'm the National Director for the U.S. Provider Industry and Chief Nursing Officer. And what that essentially means is I support our providers, health plans, and life science companies around around the United States um, in the digital transformation process through the use of technology. And of course, more recently, um, you know, this has really accelerated in the past couple of months with the onset of the coronavirus COVID-19. Um, so my, my focus has truly been over the past couple of months on the COVID response, for example, uh, implementing health bots with systems to alleviate some of the pressure on frontline clinicians and the ER to triage, um, as well as solutions around virtual rounding, uh, as well as, quite frankly, telemedicine. And as I was saying uh, to yesterday to some friends, you know, quite frankly, and I've been at Microsoft, this is my seventh year, um, just seen more happen in terms of technology adoption in the past seven weeks than I have in the in the past seven years. Yeah, isn't that incredible how quickly we can get things done when we absolutely have to? It really is. Um, you know, I think in this situation, people don't have time to be perfect. They need to implement something to help alleviate, you know, the pressure on the system, the pressure on the, the caregivers, but to use PPE sparingly because of the shortage, quite frankly. And so whatever we can do to help with remote patient monitoring, whether you're in the acute care setting or in, quite frankly, in the home or wherever the care setting may be. Um, so it's it's quite 
quite, uh, you know, it's just been quite a, an honor to be part of the, the process in, in this way, quite frankly. And I'm not necessarily on the front lines, but I'm hopefully helping those who are. Yeah, that's fantastic. Coming up with really creative solutions in order to get frontline providers to not have to use PPE so that they have it when they absolutely need it. Yeah, that's fantastic. So Linda, how about you talk to us a little bit about how you got involved in this project through J&J? Absolutely. So um, Linda Benton, I'm the Senior Director of Global Corporate Equity at Johnson & Johnson. And the interesting thing with that, a lot of people when I say that will say, that's a finance role. No, it's not. It's actually a corporate role where we work on really platforms and initiatives and programs that are that are connected to the Johnson & Johnson corporate brand. So I have had the absolute honor of leading Johnson & Johnson Nursing for the past three years. Um, and nursing is something that has been really part of the fabric of Johnson & Johnson for over 120 years, um, going back to when the company was first founded in terms of employment and scholarships and grants and education and training. It's really something that our company has embraced from day one. Um, and so when I took on the J&J nursing campaign in 2017, it was an absolute honor. I've been with J&J for over 29 years and I've had the, uh, while I'm not a nurse, I've had the ability to partner with nurses, support nurses, you know, and work alongside them for many, many years. So this was really just a dream to be able to take this, this uh, role over and really think about what the needs of nurses were in the healthcare system in the U.S. at the time and how J&J could really continue to up our game and really look at how we could best support the nursing profession, you know, given what's going on in healthcare today. But that's my background. Why does J&J have such uh, an impassioned um, support of nursing? Where does that come from? Is it just simply because of how the company was built? I think it's a great question. I think, you know, Johnson Johnson, again, has always been connected to the nursing profession because I mm -hmm. think from day one, our leadership really saw the differential value that nurses bring to healthcare. Um, you know, everyone's got a role to play and, you know, nurses, you know, based upon the way they're trained um, and the way they really um, work, you know, side by side by, with patients, I just think they bring a unique perspective. And when you think about J&J &J as one of the world's largest healthcare companies, we just find incredible value in working alongside this aspect of the profession because they're the largest, uh, largest healthcare workforce out there. And we need to make sure that they're supported um, and that they have the tools and the resources and the education and training that they need to carry through their jobs, because that's connected to the world that we lead as well as a healthcare company. So Rebecca, why don't you um, round it out and explain to us how you fit into this, this well, uh, threesome? Yeah, thanks so much, Angela. And, you know, I think that what has, uh, in the course of the last, um, I would say, five years, they, we started a movement around the idea of nurses as innovators. And uh, when that idea first um, sort of came into existence, there wasn't a, a lot of people that were talking about it. And it, and it sort of stemmed from um, me attending a, a medical hackathon uh, where I was the only nurse at that event. And after going to that hackathon, learning so much about the business of healthcare in the course of a weekend that I had never learned in an entire uh, career as a nurse or as a, as a young entrepreneur, and recognized that we had such unique perspective into healthcare that could validate ideas quickly and could also make impactful changes if people were willing to hear our voices. And so that's when this idea to sort of kick off a, a larger movement with a colleague of all of ours, um, by a woman by the name of Dr. Nancy Hanrahan, uh, sort of uh, stemmed this movement out of uh, Northeastern University back in 2016 along the idea of nurse innovation. And at that time, nobody was talking about nurses as innovators. If you look back at research, there might be five articles that mention 
nurse, innovator, and entrepreneur in the, the same article, but not one in the same sentence. And that's when we started to build this movement. And I, I met Molly, and she came in and spoke. And then J&J, &J, Linda, reached out and said, you know, what, what exactly are you all doing there? We're, we're looking at this topic of what nurses have done across the history of healthcare, and we find value in it. And, and then the relationships just blossomed. And out of what we started at Northeastern, we, we created a national, actually now international nonprofit called Sanciel, the Society of Nurse Scientists, Innovators, Entrepreneurs, and Leaders, with that entire intention of nurse innovation at its center, at its core, as how can we get nurses to create meaningful impact in healthcare through our understanding of business, finance, strategy, and operations in a way that nurses have never been positioned in healthcare prior, but hopefully going forward, their value will be further understood and valued, especially in the face of what's going on with COVID-19. So bringing together the idea in the middle of this crisis to conduct a hackathon where you have two of the best companies in the world to platform nurses' ability to ch create changes at this time is really what the focus of this uh, collaboration is about, continuing to put nurses front and center to creating great solutions and giving them the tools to be able to do this. It's incredibly exciting. It's such a great time to see nurses come to the forefront and sort of owning what we've always known about ourselves, which is that we are really, really creative and incredibly um, important in in the healthcare setting. Um, I, I feel like we've been a, nurses in general have been a very silent participator for a really long time. And it seems as though we're starting to come into our own. And I feel like opportunities like this hackathon really push that agenda and really amplify it and, and show everyone what we can do. And these collaborations are fantastic. So why don't yeah. you talk a little bit about what the hackathon is um, and how it's going to work? Well, I just wanted to acknowledge that, you know, Microsoft is very passionate about our frontline clinicians as well as, um, you know, obviously supporting the care of patients. And really this year, we're so proud to support and celebrate nurses um, around the globe as part of Year of the Nurse and Midwife. And ironically, you know, we're in the midst of uh, the, one of the greatest pandemics in, in the United States, if not in the world. And so really, as we think about that, um, it, from my perspective, I, I feel it's so critical to have nurses uh, frontline clinicians and the design and development of solutions that will that are needed, quite frankly, and that will work. So, from from Microsoft's perspective, we really wanted to facilitate a an event that will allow nurses to participate and, quite frankly, lead the design and development of solutions that are much needed today um, in light of COVID nineteen. Yeah, and. How how is it that the three of you came together with this, Linda? How did you end up? How did Johnson and Johnson end up supporting this as well? You know, it's an interesting story. As Rebecca had shared, you know, I had the opportunity to first meet Rebecca and Nancy. Um, this is going back to I want to say early 2017 because we were looking for stories of nurse innovation and, and just doing some desk side research. We found the Northeastern story and we found Rebecca and Nancy, and um, the relationship has just gotten just so close over the last several years because we are so aligned on what we're trying to do. And then as time has marched on, you know, we have continued to, to meet um, like-minded, you know, companies and individuals that are also interested in really advocating for the nursing profession and really, you know, elevating them as the innovative leaders that they are. And I will never forget this, Molly. I haven't told you this. I was at, <clears throat> we had a nurse fellowship 
training program back in January that we were doing and Re Rebecca and Nancy were there and we had 12 of our fellows there. And the class was going on over the course of a week. And um, I think you pinged me on LinkedIn. And I said, oh, that's interesting. And um, talked quickly with Rebecca and Nancy and they knew you and you and I set up a call. And way back in February, we talked about there could be an interesting opportunity for us to collaborate, you know, knowing that Microsoft is obviously also supporting nurses, you know, and really from a tech perspective and J&J's long-term commitment. And then the three of us talked. And I think originally we were talking about collaborating on a um, in-person hackathon, you know, later in the fall, kind of bringing all the, the resources and the powers that we can bring together. And when COVID hit out of the blue, um, there was a quick conversation. We said, you know what, let's go for it. Let's go for it and let's try something new that, that the three of us haven't done together before and really try to make something of this and take advantage of the fact that we've got nurses on the front lines who've got great ideas, let's support them. And I, and I think what's so incredible about it, you guys, is that you know, the thing about nurse innovation, it's, it's not about one, it's about many. It's about the idea that anybody can be an innovator in their own right and, and that nurses by definition are constantly MacGyvering by the bedside. And when you give them the tools to be successful, like with companies like Microsoft and Johnson and & Johnson and, and Sanseel with a backup of, of nurses who have sort of walked um, that line differently than our traditional roles, suddenly you see magic happen. And I think that's what this story is about, is that it's about the empowering of many through a shared community of one that can drive substantial impact across the areas that have not, and in, in, in our history, really ever, really ever happened before. This is a monumental moment in nursing history that in the heart of a crisis, uh, nurses are going to be given a platform to really be heard and lead the changes that they want to uh, and that they need to save patients' lives in this crisis. And I, I think that moment can't be lost in regards to, uh, uh, in, in regards to uh, our legacy. And that is something that I think that both Microsoft and Johnson and & Johnson and, and even Sanseel are paying attention to very carefully is what is the legacy of nursing and how do we document that and make sure that these moments in time and these impacts that nurses are making, small or large, are recognized for how they are helping transform healthcare, but more importantly, how they're saving patients' lives. Rebecca, I, I could not agree more, and that's one of the things that I'm thinking about pretty much on a daily basis. When you think about that, this is Year of the Nurse, and it's National Nurses Month in May, and you know, International Day of the Nurse, and all of that. This pandemic has put an incredible spotlight on the nursing profession like never before, and it's so critically important that while I love seeing how people are thanking nurses for all that they're doing, and that's, that's very important to be doing, I really want to make sure that as hopefully this pandemic subsides, that we're not going back to business as usual, that this is really um, a tipping point in the nursing profession in relation to how nurses can really continue to be elevated um, and the way that nurses can contribute to healthcare systems is going to change because we have an opportunity right now to get people to really think differently about the nursing profession and see the true value that goes behind, beyond you know, what people typically think about in terms of care at the bedside, where people are really thinking more specifically about how nurses are you know, really bringing um, solutions to healthcare like never before. And it's really, really critically important that we support them you know, moving out of this and into the future. So this to me is just an incredible point where we've got a golden opportunity to really support the nursing profession and show people um, you know, what they bring to the party. I would agree, Linda and Rebecca, um, so important. And I think 
and especially in light of COVID-19, just highlighting the role of the nurse. And, and I'm with you on, you know, let's do more than thank the nurse. Let's continue the conversation beyond COVID-19 in terms of uh, bringing, the, bringing nurses into the fold as I mentioned before, the design and development of these solutions. And I say that um, as we think about nursing traditionally at the bedside, um, but I think it's so important to expand really our viewpoint and, and the way that the public, quite frankly, sees nursing. Um, we're not just at the bedside. We're you know in the boardroom. We're in the industry. We're in tech companies. We might be in education. There's just a plethora of opportunities for nursing um, within, you know, the healthcare market um, and even outside of the healthcare market, thinking about retail health, et cetera. So it's, you know, we're not confined uh, just to a hospital. And I think it's important to, for us to um, communicate that as well as demonstrate how we're impacting the overall care of our patients. Um, I, I mean, I really appreciate that all of you are involved in in that in that support, and it's it's passionate supporters that actually are going to propel everything forward. So, can I just ask Rebecca? Can you just talk to us a little bit about what a hackathon is? The one that I'm familiar with is an in-person hackathon, three-day event. People come together, post problems that they want to create solutions for over the course of a weekend. It is very rapid, fast prototyping. You feel like you're climbing a mountain, and you drop to the bottom, and you get back up, and you do this, and you collaborate with people around you, and these ideas transform. And it's in the course of the weekend. Um, it is probably the most empowering, life-changing event um, that I've ever attended. And and that's saying that I've attended quite a few. And every time I leave one thinking, man, that couldn't get better. And then I go to the next one and I think, man, how did that happen again? And, I, and Mary and Larry will often say this, you know, um, you know, it speaks to your soul. It speaks to the best of who we are as a profession. Um, there's this sense of shared unity and belief that a rising tide raises all boats and that the ability to accomplish things um, really is the focus. And where we as nurses often are told, no, you can't do this. No, you know what, that's great you have this idea, but focus on the task at hand, right? We're, we're always redirected to what they believe should be, uh, often what hospitals or administrators feel should be our focus when we're seeing all the breakdowns in the system and we're saying, well, if we just did it this way, we would be so much more efficient. There was just never a path for us to be able to, to proceed on and, and create those solutions. That's what hackathons allow nurses to do, is to take those problems and actually create a solution and somebody hears you at the end of it and I think that's what is so amazing about a hackathon it's this rapid prototyping design thinking ideation but more than anything it's about empowering the nurse to really own the problem but more importantly own the solution in a way they've never been allowed to do so before and so we're taking that in-person experience and via Microsoft we're putting it onto a digital platform to do it why everybody can do social distancing safely and make incredible impact and also bring in people that we would never have been able to reach before from engineers technologists and programmers to really create solutions that are going to be walking away and implemented across the nation at a large scale that's fantastic and such an exciting such an exciting project. The, the hackathon, obviously, it's called Nurse Hack for Health, and specifically, uh, this one is the COVID-19 virtual hackathon, um, and we're presenting it in conjunction with Sansil and Johnson and & Johnson, and we really wanted to narrow down the focus 
of the hackathon with regard to COVID-19. So uh, a team came together and really discussed the different challenges that we're finding in um, really the hospital care setting as well as outpatient setting. But we have four different focus areas. The first one is technology and patient monitoring or remote patient monitoring in the acute care setting. So for example, a hospital, an intensive care unit, or even potentially a, like a field hospital. The second one is technology or re remote patient monitoring in the home setting, um, or quite frankly, anything alternative to the hospital setting. The third area is data and reporting. And so we, as, as nurses, and, and Rebecca can probably speak to this more, uh, simple ways to capture and record data as our nurses, our clinicians move from patient room to patient room or even different areas within the, the hospital. And then the last one, which is really so important in terms of communication and collaboration across the care team, as well as with the patient and family, is the patient transfer, handoff, and huddle. So for example, um, you admit someone to the ER and then they're transferred to the OR or a medical surgical intensive care unit, or more commonly, that nurse-to-nurse -nurse handoff during shift change. Can you talk a little bit about the who, what, why, when, and where? Yeah, absolutely, be happy to. You know, um, again, this is a, a relatively new idea, I think, for the three of us coming together on this, although Microsoft has had, you know, deep expertise in running these virtual hackathons. And so we thought it would be important to kind of outline all of those basics because not only are hackathons new to people still, but a virtual hackathon is something that's unknown for probably a good, good deal of people. So, you know, why are we doing this is because, you know, we really feel that, um, you know, COVID-19 has absolutely raised new healthcare challenges that have never been seen before, you know, in the U.S. or around the world. And when you think about um, who's got a unique perspective on what's happening here, we really feel that nurses and other frontline health workers, given the close proximity that they are spending to patients and given the fact that obviously with their medical training, but as well as the the art of nursing in relation to really looking not only at the data, but looking at other signs and symptoms going around these patients, you know, nurses are seeing things that it's probably very possible that no one else is seeing. And so again, knowing that it's year of the nurse, that we're in an acute healthcare situation, we really see an opportunity to really help nurses leverage their resourcefulness and the innovation, innovative thinking that they bring to patient care every day as a way to fast forward and hopefully by the end of a weekend, um, you know, help these teams collectively come out with a minimally viable product that can be um, instituted in patient care rapidly. So that's the why. What is it and what are the focus areas? I know Molly's already covered that. Um, you know, who can participate? We're really, and again, we're fo focusing this on nurses, but it's really open to anyone who's got an interest in hacking on COVID-19 as it relates to tech. So that could be um, other healthcare professionals. It could be engineers, developers, designers. You know, anyone who's got an interest will take all comers, um, but we really feel that nurses have a, have a competitive edge here uh, based upon, again, the fact that they're spending so much time in direct patient care and they're really seeing things that it's very possible many others are not. How do, how do people uh, participate? Well, we have a website that we will be sharing um, that people can go to that should be um, up online this weekend. And that is where people can simply register um, we want them to download the Microsoft Teams um, on their device that they're going to be utilizing for the weekend. And then they can read through our FAQs and other bits of information that will be on the website. So a lot of people are saying, you know, what, what does success look like at the end of the virtual hackathon? And I think from our perspective, again, we are looking for 
teams to come out with really minimally viable products that basically can be rapidly applied in the healthcare settings, um, you know, as soon as this, this uh, virtual hackathon is over. The hope is to rapidly implement the innovation that comes out of the weekend. Is that correct? That is correct. This is not something we want to sit on a shelf or, you know, wait to be published or anything like that for months on end. We've got challenges now. We need to act now. Mm-hmm. And so we really, again, that's where the expertise of bringing together the nurses as well as the expertise of Sanciel as mentors and judges, as well as, of course, Microsoft is going to be magical, I think, and really pushing this forward. And Angela, just to just to jump off of what Linda was saying, the weekend dates are May 15th through the 17th, which is right in the smack middle of Nurses Month uh, for that. So just to put that on the radar, May 15th through 17th, 2020 is when this weekend's taking place. I'm really looking forward to it. If, you know what? Can people watch? Like, is this something that somebody could passively participate in? Or is it going to be, is everyone who's going to be on the platform be like completely active? Is it something that we could sort of pop in on or, you know, I'm sitting here listening to you talk about this and it's making me really excited to think about it and talk about it. However, I don't particularly have any, um, you know, ideas for innovations or any particular problem that I have to solve. So I feel like I don't know that I would be the best person to be in on the inside action, but I would love to hear what everyone is saying and doing. So, yeah. And the other thing that I was thinking, too, is that if you had that opportunity, you could bring somebody in, somebody like me, who's like, I don't really have any ideas. But listening to other people, I could definitely branch off and jump off, um, you know, adding my experience to different things as well. And that's the magic about a hackathon, actually, Angela. People yeah. think that um, that they, there is no role for them, and they that they may not find it. And what we found, and and uh, I think Linda and and Marion can speak to this as well, is people show up and they 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 think they're going to be mentors or they're going to stop in for a half hour, and suddenly they're entranced and entrenched with a group working tirelessly. And now I'm talking tirelessly, like 12, 14 hour days alongside this group that just speaks to them in a way that um, changes their perspective. Not not only about about the world, but also about what they're capable of. And so that's the thing about a hackathon. It, it, if you lean in and you invest in yourself to participate, it just seems to click with you over a period of time. And I'm not going to say it's not exhausting, and I'm not going to say that there's times that things fall apart right at the end, but I think the experience itself touches everybody in some kind of way. Yeah, it seems like you're providing an environment where anybody can come in, bring their particular talent and perspective to a problem and work with other people to come up with a solution. And it's just a, I mean, it sounds to me like such an exciting environment to work in. Do you, Molly and Linda, would you like to talk a little bit about what Microsoft and J&J are focusing on during this pandemic? Uh, I would love to, Angela. So big picture, Microsoft's mission is is to empower every person and organization across the world to achieve more. You know, that sounds like a lofty goal, um, but in the context of COVID-19, we're specifically focused on efforts that will decrease the spread of infection, increase our um, provider and nurse capacity in terms of being able to do what's needed, uh, enable safe and timely return to work. So not just our healthcare systems, but thinking about our employers. So how can we use technology to to help return to work? 
um, and, and truly ultimately save lives and help restore the economy. And so we at Microsoft believe that secure data management, cloud computing, as well as artificial intelligence and machine learning are at the heart of what we provide in support of our partners in the battle of against COVID-19. So at the same time, what's really, I think, fundamentally important to us and our culture at Microsoft is we really truly want to continue to define and adhere to principles regarding the ethical use of technology and ensure patient privacy and avoid any un unintended consequences of technology. And I would say on behalf of Johnson & Johnson, um, this has been a really interesting journey um, for many people out in the world who know Johnson & Johnson, perhaps even people listening to this podcast, they think of J&J &J as a mother baby company. And I just want to rewind the tape a little bit. Going back a few years, um, we decided to take a really um, clear step forward in telling people a broader story about our company and who we are. Because yes, mothers and babies has always been inherent to J&J &J through our you know, Johnson's baby products per se. Um, but again, as one of the world's largest healthcare companies, we really felt that we had um, a need to share more of the work that we do across our businesses, which includes pharmaceuticals, medical devices, and consumer packaged goods um, with, with the broader world, because we really feel very strongly that a lot of the products and services that we bring to bear are really life-changing for people. Um, so several years ago, we began this journey to, as many companies have been doing, to kind of redefine our purpose and where, do, where does Johnson & Johnson fit in the world? Um, because while mothers and babies will always be core to who we are, we do also have a very much broader story to tell. And so as the work progressed several years ago, and this is, it fits very much into what we're doing today, um, through, through extensive work, both internally and externally, we have refocused Johnson & Johnson to really be all about changing the global trajectory of human health, which is pretty ambitious. Um, and certainly, you know, it has a different feel to it than when we were focused, you know, really solely on mothers and babies. Um, but really where that comes down to is not to be too poetic, but we really do believe that health is at the heart of human progress. And so when you think about COVID-19 and the pandemic and just, just this unprecedented time that we're all facing, you know, from, for me personally, as a longtime J&J &J employee, I couldn't be prouder of the work that we're doing. Um, to take this on. And we're doing it basically in three different ways. First and foremost, uh, we have announced that we are really progressing um, on a new vaccine for COVID-19. And certainly there's other companies that are doing work here as well. Um, but J&J has you know, really deep experience in the vaccine space. And we feel like we've got a very strong candidate that we are pushing forward and actually hope to move into human trials this fall. And uh, we'll, we're going to be producing, um, I think, about a million doses at risk as well, because we do believe in this candidate. So that's, you know, one thing is I think to really take on COVID-19, we're going to need a solution to it. And so our hope is that this vaccine is going to be something that's going to be viable, that will be helpful, you know, to, to help, um, you know, ward off COVID-19. In addition, we are also working on therapeutics. So we're looking at molecules that J&J &J has looked at for other different disease states. And we're carefully going through those different therapeutics that we've had over the years to understand if they could have any applicability to COVID-19. You know, certainly as well, you know, being who we are, you know, we do have, you know, multiple, you know, medical devices and, and consumer products like Tylenol that's in great demand right now, as well as, um, you know, medical devices and pharmaceutical products that we need to make sure that we can still get in the hands of our customers. So we're, we've done a lot of work to ensure that um, service is not interrupted. 
But one of the pieces I will tell you personally that I'm so proud of that we are doing, because it's so in line with who we are, is the work that we're doing specifically to support the front line. Um, and, you know, we've always done that. That's always been a part of who we are. Um, it's not Jane Jade showing up yesterday when it comes to supporting the front line. But one of the key things that we're doing that we've talked a little bit about is in, two, in, in January, we launched the Center for Health Worker uh, Innovation with a $250 million investment that was really intended to help, you know, train and support the front line. Well, when COVID came about uh, just in early March, we, we actually um, just introduced an incremental $50 million that's going to be uh, specifically focused on COVID-19 and, again, to support the front line. And, you know, those funds and the way that we are supporting the front line really line up against um, contributions, you know, in terms of how we're working with uh, the UN Foundation, the WHO, and the CDC Foundation. And here in the U.S., we're supporting the American Nurses Foundation um, to do some work here to support nurses here directly here. But we're also providing education and training, um, best practices training, mental health training. Um, this hackathon, I think, is a great example of training that we're, we're, you know, obviously very excited to support. And then the last piece, but a very important piece for us, is advocacy. Is, is as I've mentioned already, a very important piece to us is making sure that our front line feels supported and that they know that we've got their backs and that we are really helping to um, provide for them and get them what they need to take on the crisis. So that's, that's our plan in a nutshell. And again, I couldn't be more proud of how J&J is responding in this crisis. And Rebecca, how, um, how is uh, Sancial fitting into this picture? So I think, uh, you know, we're relatively a, a new organization, Sancial, and um, when COVID-19 hit, uh, we started to see posts on Facebook uh, long before the news started to record to them that nurses were short of supplies on the front line, specifically of PPE, masks, they asking for help. And and when we reached out to some of our contacts, there was no nobody mentioning this issue. And so we convened a board meeting early, which was uh, literally on the day of March 16th after seeing these posts coming up uh, online. And our, our board took action to call out what they referred to as the SHARE program, which was strengthen healthcare's ability to respond in emergencies, which was a call to action to share PPE within our communities. We knew that nursing schools and veterinarian clinics and dental offices and everyone in the community likely had PPE, supplies of PPE that they could get to the front line very, very quickly. So this initiative started with just largely navigating who we knew, who could make donations, small companies, large companies, individuals who had uh, donations in their garages that we could coordinate. And um, we thought this was simply going to be an issue that was going to be addressed for, you know, a week until supply chains uh, started to get recontrolled, until people started to do um, and, and manage this. And what we um, realized is all of a sudden on, on the 17th, we launched and suddenly at our front door was Nightline to record um, the movement of supplies that we had coordinated across six states at that time that actually exploded over 18 that we helped facilitate. And after we hit that, um, we recognized that we, we had leveraged all of our connections on who would make donations. And suddenly after the Nightline story, we had hundreds of requests from healthcare centers across the country asking for help. So we launched a GoFundMe, but our 501c3 was uh, pending at that time. We raised $30,000 and got uh, mass directly to the front lines in New York within the last week of March when they were really desperate, if you remember some of those stories. And we delivered 5,000 masks directly to the front line there. 
Um, we partnered then on March 31st with an organization called Glow Good Foundation, which is another 501c3, to strengthen our ability to respond. And to date, um, uh, we've raised over $90,000, which has helped us purchase. Um, just to, to let you know, we've, I've learned more about supply chain, procurement, everything in the course <laughs> than I would ever want to know with an yeah. incredible group of people. Because it wasn't as simple as getting donations and getting them to hospitals. That was not what we could do. There was a lot behind the scenes that had to happen, willingness to have that conversation for hospitals to take them and to make sure that we had really good quality um, PPE to distribute. And um, at this point, we've helped on behalf of partners of ours um, distribute over 200,000 pieces of PPE across over 18 states. We have um, raised money for over 30,000 masks of KN95s that we've distributing and are distributing currently to the front lines. We've unfortunately capped out a little bit on our fundraising. Current to date, we have 309 um, organizations across the country who are on a waiting list for us right now asking for help with PPE. So every day we are working tirelessly to raise funds to get more money to get PPE to the front line. That is our number one focus. We've been talking to governors, heads of companies, everybody to say we're just simply here as volunteers to fill the gap until there's an answer on that. We then are doing this hackathon because most fundamentally we've been hearing from nurses who are doing incredible works. Thanks to Mary and Larry, we hosted our first nurse meetup last week virtually. Nearly 100 nurses from around the country dialed in. Um, through screen time and shared what they're doing. Nurses heading right into the ER asking, hey, have you heard about putting patients prone to nurses from Navajo Nation saying, we have 40% of our population without water. Can you help us get uh, PPE out here? To nurses in Nigeria saying, hey, can we use some of your telehealth services? Questions, answers, problems putting forward. It was so astounding that we are launching a series of four of these for free every Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time to be hosted for the next month so that nurses can come together and find a place that they can be reliably uh, find answers to the questions and share the knowledge of what they're learning front line, front and center during this COVID crisis. So right now, three things, PPE to the front line, number one focus. Two, creating this community where nurses can talk about and share their experiences every Thursday evening through a shared experience on virtual meetups. And three, partnering with companies like J&J &J and Microsoft who are creating that platform so nurses can do hackathons and create solutions at the front lines. That's what we have planned for right now. I'm not sure where we're going next, but that's how we're dealing with COVID today. Yeah, that's an incredibly comprehensive response. Um, and I think that's, I think it's fantastic. The one, not to say that I, I hate to I hate when people say that there are silver linings and good things that come out of this, but really nothing brings people together like a crisis, um, especially when sharing information. Uh, and I feel like that providing a platform that all of you are doing um, Microsoft providing literal platforms for it, J&J &J with the support, Sanciel with, you know, the ideas and using their relationships to bring people together. Um, all three of these organizations are really um, providing so much help and support to everyone who's working so hard to keep people safe and healthy and get us through this really rough time. So I, I commend all three of you for the, the hard work that you're doing and the organizations that you're um, representing because it's it's fantastic and it's so needed. This wouldn't be going on without the support of um, organizations such as yourselves. So thank you for that. 
Uh, I just wanted to thank Angela and Marion for having us on the podcast today and bringing us together. I'm so excited about this partnership and the work that we're doing. And from my perspective, I really feel that this is just the beginning for us. So thank you. I agree, Linda. It's it's truly a pleasure, Angela and Marion, to be part of this, to be part of this initiative with J&J and Sanciel. And, and truly elevate the voice of the nurse within the healthcare uh, landscape. So thank you so much. Angela, Marion, Molly, Linda, there are moments I, I just really feel honored to be in the company of such uh, really thought leaders and also people who collaborate to make the world a better place. And thank you for giving us a platform to come together and speak because um, there there needs to be more conversations like this. And it's platforms like you who make it possible so that these continuing conversations can keep evolving. So thanks for having us. Amplify Nursing is hosted by Dr. Angela Rosa Donato and Marion Leary and produced by the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing, with special thanks to our Department of Information Technology Services for their assistance. Music for the podcast was created by Harper Leary. The podcast is made possible by the Krista and Rich Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Follow us on Twitter at Penn Nursing. Until next time, keep pushing over, under, around, and through. We want to thank you for listening to the Amplify Nursing Podcast and remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcast listening. And if you can, please do us a solid and rate and review us as well. It will go a long way in amplifying our episodes.